Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here is a sample of what you'll be hearing today. You say, well, I don't believe that. I believe the Lord's going to take, take us out, uh, rapture us after the tribulation. And some of us will say, I believe the Lord's going to take us out during the tribulation. You know what I say? When he comes, let's go. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. All right, everybody, we're going to start today's service with the blowing of the shofar. Ready? Let's go. God. Oh, I just love playing the shofar. All right, come on, help me out, Brother James. Let me make you famous. All right, here's Brother James, everybody. Wave it, wave, wave, Brother James. All right, there you have it. Now James is known all around the world. Praise God. Well, as you know, we've been in a series, everybody. We've been in a series entitled Rise of the Sons of God. And this is part number five of that series. So if you've not heard parts one, two, three, or four, please make sure that you go back and do that. It's going to be a rich blessing to you. Amen. This series, of course, comes with a confession. So we're going to, def- uh, we're going to confess the word loudly. Praise God. We're going to confess it slowly. For some of us that are still getting a hold of the reading thing. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. And uh, we will also confess the word with boldness. Amen. Amen. Some of us read very fast. My wife reads very fast. She can. I go. <laughs> Praise God. Anyway, you guys ready? All right, let's go ahead and say our confessions. Are we ready? All right, let's do it. I am a born again believer. I choose to be a disciple, a devoted follower of Christ. Therefore, I live in his power and authority. I choose to walk in, with, and through the Holy Spirit to manifest Father's purposes and plans in the earth. I am covered by the blood of Jesus, surrounded by holy angels, and the atmosphere of heaven fills every space I occupy. I am a son of God. Hallelujah. As we said before, the word son does not denote gender. It has nothing to do with you being a woman, nothing to do with being a man. It, it talks about our position in Christ, our position in God. It's a position of authority. It's a title. Hallelujah. Just like the title of president. President can be male or female. It's like the title of boss. You can have a male boss or a female boss. So as I'm telling you today, you are a son of God if you have allowed yourself, allowed the Spirit of God to transform you and make you a son of God, a matured believer in Christ. Amen? Amen. All right, all right. For more on that, go back and uh, hear the rest of that. All right, we're going to continue as we, what we left off on last week. But first, let's have a word of prayer. 
Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this word that you've given us for this time that you've given us to gather around your word. Lord, we pray that you would speak today by your spirit, that you would lead us into all truth and show us things to come. Holy Spirit, I pray for the anointing. I ask you for the anointing that makes preaching and teaching easy. I pray, Lord, for the anointing upon us that we may hear your word and be responsive to what you are saying. Lord, we pray for a clear path today. Lord, that there'll be no hindrance nor of any obstruction that you would have your way in us today. In Jesus' name, thank you for a beautiful time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Last week, we talked about how Jesus is espoused to the church. Uh, the biblical word is that he is betrothed to the church or engaged to the church. Uh, this is one reason, this is one major reason that he is coming back for his church. We talked about that the last time. Remember how he has... Um, we're engaged to him or espoused to him, and it is the job of the bridegroom or of the husband in today's culture, it's called, to make a place for her in his father's house, right? Jesus said, I'm going away, but I'm, I'm, I will prepare a place for you so that where I am, you may be there also. So Jesus has prepared a place for you in glory. Hallelujah. He has prepared a mansion for you in glory, a place for you to dwell. So after, speaking uh, traditionally uh, in the biblical sense, after the place is made, the father, of the, the father of the groom, rather, the father of the bridegroom in this case, sends the son back to receive the bride and bring the bride into his home. Amen. So, um, but, the, but we said as well that the bride has to make herself ready. The bride has to make herself ready. And that's what we talked about here in Revelation 19. Let's look at it again. Revelation 19, verse 7 through 9. And this is how it reads of the King James Version. It says, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb. The lamb, of course, is Jesus. For the marriage of the lamb is come. And his wife have what? Made herself ready. Let's say that again. Made herself ready. Let's say it again. Made herself ready. You're going to see that thing just all throughout. Verse 8, it says, <clears throat> And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, white and clean. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Verse 9, And he saith unto me, write, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. Notice again, the Bible says that the bride have made herself ready. She has prepared herself. And because she is the bride, she will inherit all things. She will inherit all things her husband has. There is no prenup in the kingdom of God. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Jesus is not making you sign a prenup. Remember, he gives marriage in the earth as an example. He gives the marriage in the earth as an example of how it's going to be, a shadow of how it's going to be. In an earthly marriage, it should be where the husband and wife are connected. They become one over time. Over time, they become one, and it is the most intimate relationship that mankind has ever known. It was designed to be that way since Adam and Eve in the very beginning. The Bible says that 
Adam, even Adam himself said, you know, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, right? That's, that's true intimacy. That's true intimacy. God created it to be that way because, because that would be a picture of how he would relate to the church, how Jesus would relate to the church. And again, there's no prenup. So when you are espoused to him, when we are married, not in the physical sense, not in the physical sense where the Lord, you're going to go out somewhere with, with Jesus and, and have relations. No, that's, that's, that's what's happening here in the earth. There's different there in heaven. Hallelujah. But there will be a coming together. There'll be coming, a coming together where he will share the kingdom with you. And you'll see this as well. And you will rule with him. Glory to God. You'll look like him. Hallelujah. Glory. So we stopped off last week. Uh, here in Matthew 25, but there's something I want to show you here. Matthew 25 and verse number one, because we talked about the parable. We began to, we'll try to talk about the parable of the 10 virgins. Now that's extremely important that you understand this parable, the parable of the 10 virgins, because we're actually living, we're actually living in that hour today. These are the last days. And I'll tell you now, Jesus is soon to come. And we'll discuss that today. Look at verse number one, Matthew 25, verse number one says this, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto 10 virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Stop right there for a second. Notice the, the very first word on that verse is what? What's the very first word in the verse? Then, can we say that? Then, 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 then. So the word then means that something has taken place before this verse. Something else has been said. There's a conversation that was already going. And we are here, if we just start here in 25, it's like we, if you don't understand what took place in 24, what took place before this, then you're just jumping into the middle of a conversation, not knowing the full text. Does that make sense? So if, if you would allow me uh, for our time today, let's look at what took place before uh, chapter 25. So let's look at chapter 24, and then we'll have proper context when we come back, maybe next week, and uh, we come back and we'll look at the meaning of the parable of the 10 virgins, okay? Is that fair? Amen. All right. So, so again, the then there in Matthew 25, verse number one, the Lord is really, he's answering a question. He's answering a question. Uh, and we're going to show you that today. He's answering a question. There's a conversation already going on. And chapter 25 is a response to a question that has been asked. Well, what's that question? Let's look at Matthew 24, verse number 3. Matthew 24, verse number 3. And this is, how, this is what it reads here. Now, for time's sake, I'm not going to read the entire chapter. We're going to pull out bits and we're going to talk about it because I need you to see the context and where we are today. Amen? Y'all praying with me? Online community, you praying with me? Yeah. All right. All right, good. Thank you, Chris. All right. Verse 3 says, um, this is Matthew 24, verse 3. It says, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, tell us, when shall these things be? Now, the things be he's talking about is, is the destruction of the temple. Look at the, look at the two questions that come after this, Okay. It said, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? They're asking Jesus, 
What are the signs of your coming? Uh, in other words, the word sign means it's a mark. It's a distinguishing mark, a distinguishing time period. Uh, the word sign talks about the atmosphere. It talks about the climate or how, the, how is the world going to look? How are things going to look when one, when you come back for the church, when you come back for the church, and how are things going to look at the end of the world? Now, the end of the world here is not talking about uh, zombie apocalypse. It's not talking about a big meteor hitting the world and destroying the whole world. It's not talking about a nuclear disaster and we blow ourselves up. The end of the world here talks about the end of the age, end of this world system, the system of things as we know it today. Got it? There's going to come an end to that. Christ is going to come twice. He's going to come one in the rapture to take us out of here. Secondly, he's going to come and set up his kingdom in, the, in what's called the millennial reign of Christ. That's the end of this age. Because when Jesus rules with a rod of iron, with a scepter of iron, you bet this thing, it won't be like stuff is now. Are you hearing? So the disciples are asking him, tell us the signs. Or in other words, we can say, uh, tell us what's going to be in the, the headlines of the newspapers. What's going to be uh, in the news broadcast? How will we know when things are right for your return? Got me? All right. Got me? All right. Well, Jesus gives about 13 different signs. Now, as I tell you what these 13 different signs are, I want you to keep in mind what you've been hearing on the news what you've been reading in magazines, what you've been uh, seeing on your Facebook posts. Jesus prophesied this thousands of years ago. And he goes on to say, even in, this, even in this chapter, chapter 24, that this generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled, which means that he will come back in a generation when all these things have taken place. Got me? A generation is typically known to be 40 years, 40 years. Some say 20 to 40 years, but we'll go with the basic definition of 40 years, a 40-year time period. When you see all of these happen in a generation, in a 40-year time period, it is a good estimation that Jesus Christ could come very soon. Are you hearing? Let's look at the signs. Let's look at the signs he gives. Verse 25, look at this. Uh, Matthew 24, verse 5 says, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive, how many? Many. many. And shall deceive many. In other words, to be a time of deception. People will say, you'll hear people, you hear false preachers. I am Christ. I am the Messiah. I am the way. Follow me. And they will, they will deceive many people. Have we, have we seen that? Absolutely, absolutely. We're still seeing that today. Well, some people are bold, bold to say, I am Jesus. And some people are bold to say, well, I represent him. Follow me. Just bring your checkbook with you. <laughs> I am of Christ. And I am so much of Christ. I will sell you my bath water. $50 per ounce. I have so much anointing, so much power in me. I was, we have seen these things. We have seen these things where people, um, you know, we would heaven get heaven's gates. Uh, I think a few years back, less than 40 years ago, less than 40 years ago. I believe that was also in that time period when they, 
when they uh, took the people up into the commune and they, they all drank poison, they were expecting the, the comet to come and take them away. We've seen many false messiahs rise up. So we can check that. Verse 6 says, there will be wars and rumors of wars. Wars and rumors of wars. Some of us may have forgotten, but the United States is actually at war right now. The war on terrorism. Remember that that happened in 9-11 and all that stuff? There, there's wars. A nation, there are people fighting, nations fighting each other right now. And all the wars don't have to be with guns. Uh, it is mainly right now an economic war. All the trade embargoes and all the things that are going on now, it's happening now. There are wars and rumors of war, speculation of wars. And look at all the conspiracy theories that are going on now. But the Lord said, don't be troubled. In verse 7, the Lord says, nation shall rise against nation. Now understand this. Nation shall rise against nation. The word nation here in the Greek uh, is the word ethnos. In ethnos, we get our English word ethnicity from, which means different people groups. Nation shall rise against nation, which means different people group rise up against different people group. Have we seen that in this country? Yeah. Come on, give me a break, right? We see that. We see the riots and all this other stuff. That's rising up people group against people group. And this is worldwide. Now, this is a snapshot of what's taking place in the world, of what's taking place outside of the body of Christ. Are you hearing? Jesus said that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. So we're reading you the headlines of what's taking place today. So again, nation against nation or people group against people group. And then it's in verse number seven again. It says uh, kingdom against kingdom. Kingdom talks about a territory, talks about a territory, the, a territory of the king. That's, that is government against government. Are we seeing that now? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it goes on down in verse number seven again. It says uh, famines. Famines, that is widespread hunger. Absolutely, this happened in place that's happening today. And pestilence, do I need to go in, into that? Pestilence means diseases, pandemic, viruses, widespread. Is that happening? Absolutely. And then it says earthquakes in diverse places. Is that happening? Absolutely. If you, you can Google this if you want to. You have my permission to Google everything I'm telling you about if you want to Google it. Google yourself. <laughs> you can Google it. Anyway, just this year, just this year, globally, Stan, just this year, 2020, globally, on the global scale, there have been over 6,000 earthquakes worldwide. Just this year, over 6,000 earthquakes across the globe. That's earthquakes in different parts of the world, earthquakes in diverse places. Verse 9 talks about persecution. Persecution will follow those, persecution will come upon those who believe in Christ. Is, has that happened? Absolutely. We saw it on the news a few years back when, uh, when the Christian group, over, they were overseas and they were wearing these orange outfits, I believe, and they were beheaded for their faith. And we see on school uh, campuses and, and all this stuff where people are persecuted because of what they believe, because they believe in Jesus. Is that happening? Absolutely. You see it in the news. In verse 10, it says people will be offended. Are people offended now? Oh, boy. 
Oh boy, it seems, it seems as though, and many times, Brother Richard, it's, if you look at somebody the wrong way, they, they're ready to go off on you. They're ready to go off. What, 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 what? And like you, like, they're offended today. They're touchy today. The Bible said, Jesus said, hey, people are going to be offended. And it said, they will also betray one another. Backstabbers. You'll have that. You'll have that, which means betraying, which means I gave you my confidence and you turned your back on me. That's going to be the case in the end, in, in the end times, not just relationally, not just relationally, but also economically. When people will say, yes, I will pay you back. Yes, Dan, and they not pay you back. <laughs> things will be foreclosed. Things will be repossessed. Not because they didn't have the money. We understand that things can happen. People lose their jobs, so forth and so on. But they'll have it and just not want to honor the agreement, not want to honor the covenant. Marriages will be, many marriages in today because of uh, the breaking of covenant. Someone has gone out and committing adultery and things of this nature. Relationships have broken up. Why? Because people, this, we're living in the climate of betrayal. Y'all should see the way you're looking at me right now. And the Bible also says they will also hate one another. There's a lot of that going on right now. Jesus is looking at the screen. He's telling the disciples, telling us about today's climate. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 says, And many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. Do you see that? I want you to see that. Many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. Let me say that one more time. Many false prophets will arise and deceive many. You got me? You got me? Now, you think about a false prophet. A prophet is one who says that, hey, I have heard from God and I'm telling you what God has said. He shapes the culture. His words would shape the culture and prepares prepares people uh, to do what God says, to go toward the Lord. But the Bible says that many false prophets shall arise, which means that God had not sent them. And their words are not leading people to God, but they actually lead people from God. False prophets. Of course, we've known people, I've known people say, hey, I got a word for you. I got a word for you. Just give me, make a deposit in my account. <laughs> And I will give you this word. I've known that. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, it's, it's real and it happens right now. I will sell a word for you to you and I will tell you what thus said the Lord if you just put some money in my account. I've known it. It goes on. It's happening today. Are you hearing? But I want you to see prophets are also, in, they say that the definition of a prophet is also an inspired teacher an inspired teacher who also leads a culture in, in a way that should be toward God. But these are not God, not of God. They are false prophets, false teachers. All right, so we think, all right, it's got to be somebody in the church. It's got to be one of them preachers. Yeah, yeah, okay. Part of that is true. But listen, let me tell you now, let's widen our view. Let's widen our view. So we're talking about somebody who who says that they are teaching us a way that we should live, that we should live, and if we do this, our lives will get better. It'll go toward the Lord. It'll get, go toward the best. 
go toward the good. How are we being taught in our society? Well, one way, of course, yeah, in church, yeah. We're also being taught by movies. We're being taught by television shows. We've been taught by magazines. We've been taught by, um, uh, of course, social media with things that we read, things that we hear. Uh, did I say music? Yeah, music being taught by that. Everything is going into us. Cartoons are talking to us, cartoon characters, showing you how you should live. And think about our society today. Some stuff that is seen on television today was not shown on TV even 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Some stuff you see today on regular TV was considered rated R just a while ago. You didn't hear all this cussing and all this other stuff and all these physical people doing, doing stuff. <laughs> you didn't see all of that. You didn't see all of that. Even 50 years ago, you didn't see it. But it slowly comes in, slowly teaching the society, this is okay, believe in this, this is just how it is. This is how it is, get on board with it. So many false prophets arise, false teachers arise, and will deceive many. Look at, look at uh, 12, in verse 12 we see that iniquity Verse 12, Matthew 24 and verse 12, Matthew 24 and 12 says this, and because iniquity shall abound, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Now, the word iniquity means lawlessness, lawlessness. In other words, people would say, you're not going to rule over me. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah, I know it, Chris. I'm going to do what I want to do. You see this great move today. Uh, we don't want any police. We don't want this and we don't want that. We want to be our own. Lawlessness is abounding. Everybody does what's right in their own sight. Are you hearing me? He said, because iniquity or oh, lawlessness, another word for another definition for iniquity is wickedness. Has wickedness abounded? Has wickedness increased? Oh, my goodness. He said, because of that, uh, the love, he says, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall do what? Wax cold. People will be cold and indifferent towards you. These are the headlines. These are the headlines. These, this is the climate. The Lord said, I'll come back during that climate. I'll come back during that time. Guess what? We're in that time right now. Right now. All of these, you can put a check by all these. Check, 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 check. All these marks, all these signs are already in place. Never has there been a time like this where all of these were together in this order like it is today. Are you hearing? So in verse 24, rather chapter 24, verses 14 through 28, the Lord talks about the end of the world. You can go back home and the end of the world. I want to make sure I pronounce all my words. He talks about the end of the world. All right, and what's going to happen there? And you can go back and listen to that because, or read it when you get home. He talks about the Antichrist and, and so forth and so on and, and days of great sorrow, great pain, 
great tribulation will be upon the earth. So he talks about what's happening there. But it is my belief, and I share, share with many others, that the Lord will rapture the church, take his church out before the days of tribulation. Glory to God. You say, well, I don't believe that. I believe the Lord's going to take, take us out, uh, rapture us after the tribulation. And some of us will say, I believe the Lord's going to take us out during the tribulation. You know what I say? When he comes, let's go. I can't make him come any sooner, and I sure can't delay his coming to do it later. When he comes, he comes, but I believe he's coming his soon. He is soon to come right now. In verse 29, the Lord talks about how it will look when he actually comes. How will that day look when Jesus snatches the church away? How would it look? How would it look? Let's look at this. Verse, um, Matthew 24, verse 29, I'll read a little bit here, and it says, Immediately after, immediately after the tribulation of those days, what, what days is he speaking about? The days we just spoke about a moment ago, wars, rumors of wars, pestilence, plague, and all that stuff. I believe that this is a continuation of that. You got me? All right. Many, many others would argue with me. No, it's talking about after the days of tribulation. So this should tell you that we're going to be raptured after that. No, it doesn't say that. These, these days he's speaking about are the days we spoke about, the 13 signs of his coming. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. What if you're wrong, pastor? What if we have to go through it? And we go through it. Are you hearing? We can talk about it later after we go through it. Anyway, praise God. All right, verse 29 says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon uh, shall, be, shall, shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Look at verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of God, rather the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall, they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. I believe that will happen also as the Lord comes back of the second coming of Christ as he comes again with the saints with power and great glory. But also he's going to make an appearance here as he picks us up and takes us on. Look, at, look how the Lord will actually rapture us out of the earth, pull us out of the earth. Verse 31 says, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. It's a great, great snatching away. So he sends his angels. There's a blast of the shofar. And then the angels goes down and swoops us up and takes us home. Are you hearing me? Now, Jesus also is warning us, the rest of this we talk about today uh, for the brief time we have remaining, the Lord warns us that don't let his coming be a surprise to us. He tells us to be ready. He tells us to be ready. Now, before we go into this, we're going to go back into Matthew 24, verse 32. I'll do a, bit, a little bit of reading. Let me, let me also give you this warning because the Lord showed me this, sissy. The Lord showed me this. That you remember when Lot and his family came out of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? 
the judgment could not fall upon Sodom and Gomorrah while Lot and his family were there, right? The Lord had to, in essence, hear me, rapture them or snatch them out of Sodom and Gomorrah, and then judgment came. Then a time of tribulation came. Sound familiar? He snatched them out first. He didn't leave them in there while the fire and brimstone was burning the place. He pulled them out, and then it came, right? Same, same token with Noah. You know, everything was happening with Noah, but he was in the ark, safe and sound, protected, you know, and we, we could go on, we could go on, go on. But this is what I want to say. Lot's wife, the Lord says, remember Lot's wife. What do we want to say about that? Lot's wife looked back. Why did she look back? Because there were still other relationships there that she valued more, other things there that she valued more than where she was going. How is it possible that her family was taken, but she was not because she valued more of what was back there than what was before her. If the Lord were to come back at this very moment, is there something tying you to this world? Would you say, well, Lord, don't come back right now because, you know, you know I want to build that business. I want to build the building. You know, I want to get married. I want to have children. I, I want to do this and, and I want to do that. So don't come just yet, Lord. Don't come just yet because I haven't done everything I want to do. So don't come just yet. Anybody hear what I'm saying? In effect, if Jesus would come right now, you'd be doing just like Lot's wife would be. Because there's something back there, something in the world that you're still tied to and connected to. And remember Jesus said that you got to love me more than mother, father, children. You got to love me more than every, everything and everybody. You got to love me more. So when he appears, when he appears, we got to be ready to go with him. There should be nothing tying us down here that we can't go with him. Whatever is tying you down to the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, and guess what? Well, we're living in some of them time right now. Whatever's tying you down here now, whatever your plans are, whatever it is, it should be way back secondary to seeing the Lord come and leaving with him. Does that make sense? Well, Lord, I want to do this, I want to do that. Listen, there's nothing that you have planned to do here and now that's not far better when he comes. You have to be ready. This is part of being ready. Are you ready to let this stuff go? Do you love Jesus more? Do you love him more? Because if your heart is in Sodom and Gomorrah, when he comes, when the angels come, and look at this again. This is, I just, thank you, Holy Spirit. Sometimes you have to really give it to me. Remember he said here in Matthew that the angels will come and gather his people out? We just read that, right? What happened in Sodom? The Lord sent his angels to gather Lot and his family out. Right? Snatch them out. Same thing here. When his angels come to snatch out, will you go or will you meet the fate of, uh, of Sodom and Gomorrah? Does that make sense? You have to be ready. Is there anything in your life that you, that you would not be willing to leave behind? If there are things that you saying, wait, Lord, wait. Thank you for coming, Lord, but can you wait a little bit longer? You know, I'm not sure if you ever had to pick somebody up for work or something. And you get there to the house, they you told them you'd be there at five. You get there at five. And they, they open the door and give you the finger. 
One more minute. One more minute. One more minute. One more minute. Now you ready to go. Are you hearing me? You ready to go. You, you got down the road. You did all this stuff. One more minute. Right? Jesus is not going to take that one more minute. The car is going to and go. You're going to have to be ready. Sometimes my wife, my God, waiting for her mama to come down the road. she go up. say, honey, what you doing? I'm going to stand here at the street waiting for her to come down. <laughs> have a little backpack on looking like a little girl going to school, waiting for the bus to go down the road. <laughs> Got a little backpack with a little stuff waiting on mama to come down the road. <laughs> she read it. And we're going to have to be that same way. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. On when the Lord comes, no backpack. I'm ready to go, Lord, because there's nothing down here I want to take up there with me. Amen. It's far better there. Are you hearing? Are you waiting at the road? Or are you giving Jesus the finger? Are you telling him, wait. Wait, Lord, wait. Don't come yet. Don't come yet, Lord. Don't come yet. Don't come yet, Lord. Don't come yet. I got some things cooking, Jesus. I got some things cooking here. And, uh, you know, give me a little bit of time, Lord. Give me a little bit more time, a little bit more time. You understand, Jesus. No, what I'm telling you is that the Lord can come back at any second, at any moment. And there should be nothing in our lives that will prevent us from going with him. Let's go another 10 minutes and then we'll close out today. Is that okay? Chris said it's okay, so, so we'll go on. Look at Matthew 24, Matthew 24, verse 32. It says, I'm just, I'm just going to read a little bit. It says, now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is, is yet tender and put it forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh, summer's near. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, wars, rumors of wars, plagues, virus, uh, what's the virus? COVID-19, all this other stuff coming, all this stuff, people against people and all that earthquakes. He says, so likewise, ye, when ye see, when ye shall see these things, know that it is near, even at the door. Verily I say unto you, or truly I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah, listen to this, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For in, for as in the days that were before the flood, listen, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving uh, in marriage until the day that Noe entered into the ark. Are you hearing me? Until he entered into the ark. They were all having a good time. Life was that usual. Life was fine until Noah entered into the ark. Amen? All right, now look at verse, 20, look at verse uh, 39. So she can come on in and have a seat anywhere you like. All right, and verse 39 says... And knew not, knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the, the coming of the Son of Man be. They had no clue, even though Noah was preaching to them for about a hundred years, that a flood was coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's going to happen. 
And I'm sure they laughed at him. Noah was telling them, it's going to rain. It's going to rain so much that it's going to flood everything, a global flood. They didn't know. There was business as usual until the door shut, and it was too late then. Look at verse um, 39 again. It says, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall, now listen to this. I want you to look at this percentage that the Lord gives us here, this percentage. He says, then shall two be in the field. Hold up two fingers. Okay, let's do it like this. How about that? Because one finger has to be put down. I don't want you to do like this. And Yeah. Yeah, we'll figure that out later. All right. That look like a gun. Okay, well, do like that. <laughs> one finger, one finger, okay? <laughs> Wait, we're not going to get in trouble. <laughs> he says again in verse, what verse were we in? Lord, help me. 40, 40. 40, okay. Then shall two, then shall two be in the field. Hi. Hi. Two be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Then shall, it says, verse 41, two women shall be grinding at the meal. I guess they're making bread. One shall be taken and the other left. Right? That's 50%, isn't it? All right. Watch therefore, for you know not, you know not what hour your Lord doeth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would not, rather, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. If you knew what hour that burglar was going to come, you would have set up in your porch, set up in your, with your, I don't know, your bow and arrow or whatever. Yeah, you would have shot. <laughs> yeah, you would have said, nobody, you're not getting his house, you're not going to steal it. Right? If he would have known, he would not have let that happen. Verse, th verse 44, therefore, be also ready for in such an hour as ye think not the son of man cometh. Are you here? Hallelujah. And we're going to end with this. We're going to end with this. Let's look at verse 45 to 51 because the Lord also tells us what will happen after the rapture. After he sends his angels to take us out. Isn't that awesome? He tells us what's going to happen after. Listen, listen to this. He tells us what's happening after he takes us and also what will happen to those that are left. All right, if they do not repent. Verse 45 says, Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give him meat in due season? Verse 46, Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verse 47 Verily or truly, I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. You see that? Remember when we go to be with the Lord, we're, we're a spouse to Christ, right? He is engaged to the church. The church is his bride, the bride that has made herself ready. Remember, uh, as, we come, we'll, as we consummate the marriage, come with the Lord. The, the assets are there. All that he has, he willingly gives, us, willingly gives us. The Lord said that the Father is pleased to give us the kingdom. 
He will make us ruler. The Lord has made us kings and priests, and we will rule with the Lord forever. This is all Bible. So it says again, he will make him ruler over, over his goods. Verse 48, but if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayed his coming. Jesus ain't coming. My Lord delayed his coming and shall begin to smite, smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. Now, smite can mean, like I said, hit, but you can also smite with your words, hit with your words. How do you do that? Well, someone says, I believe Jesus is going to come. Jesus is coming at any moment. I'm going to stay in my word and I'm, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to, I'm going to stay prayed up and I'm going to allow the Lord to use me in this day and hour. I'm ready when you come, Lord. To smite someone would say, man, you crazy. You can read that Bible too much. You going to church again? What's wrong with you? Something wrong with you, man. You got too much going on. That's crazy talk. What are you doing? You're smiting their faith. You're discouraging them big time, discouraging them, discouraging them. They're believing. Lord said, if that servant, uh, if his fellow servant does that, that is someone not out in the world, but someone within, they say they're a Christian, that they're a believer. Right? All right. The Lord said, verse 50, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him and in an hour that he is not aware of and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. And there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Of course, weeping talks about sorrow. Gnashing of teeth talks about regret. Oh, why didn't I do what I was supposed to do when I had time to do it? Regret. Why did I let that time pass? Well, right now, the Lord is not here at this very moment. So we have time to get ready. You have, you have time to curl your hair. You have time to wash your face. You have time to iron your clothes, toot. You have time to do it now. You have time to put things in order. You have time to get your heart in order and in place. You have time at the moment. You have time. But don't waste the time. Get with the Lord and ask him, Lord, what do I need to be doing at this very moment? Help me to repent and help me to be ready when you come. Help me to do what you've called me here in this earth to do. I want to do. I want to do what you've called me to do. I want to fulfill my purpose in life. I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to be ready. You need to stay on ready. Are you hearing me? So, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the word that you've given us today. And, Lord, I do pray that your word has been well received by your people. And I pray, Father, that your church will stay on ready. And, Lord, that you would fill them with vision, that you would give them understanding. That, you would, that they would know what their purpose is in life and that they would move toward fulfilling that purpose. And Father, I pray that you would make yourself so real, so very real, that we can't help but to notice you and love you and serve you and not allow the things of this world to distract us. Lord, I just pray that you use us for your glory. And we thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers this morning. In Jesus' name, we will be ready. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Well, let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. 
Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.